So I'm now here to do the Bible reading, which is James chapter 3, verses 13 to 18. James chapter 3, starting at verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbour bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. Someone pointed out last week, we're doing a lot of microphone sharing. So this is one of the things we'll have to get used to, I think, of, I think in the next uh, couple of weeks, while there's no local cases of COVID. Bit of fun. You've been thinking about the wisest person you know and reflecting on what makes them wise. How about we pray and then um, consider this part of the Bible and see how it shapes our idea of wisdom. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that as we look at your word, um, we ask that you would work in our hearts and our minds. Lord, please make us wise for salvation and please help us to understand what it means to live for you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. What does wisdom look like? What does it look like to be wise? You know that little green character of Star Wars, little Jedi Yoda? He's wise, isn't he? A little bit quirky, a little bit weird, speaks in a funny way, but he's wise. Um, speaks slowly, speaks in a considered manner, um, speaks with authority, with knowledge, speaks in a way which you, you think as you reflect back, oh, yeah, he actually said that. He knew what was going to happen. He's not easily flustered either, not rushed into anything. That's the kind of way we, I think, tend to picture wisdom, to be wise. A dictionary definition of wisdom, it says it's a noun, and it says it's the quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment. All that rings true with us, I reckon. That's what we think of when we think of wisdom and being wise, to be experienced and knowledgeable, to be sensible, um, to be sensitive to every particular situation and know how to act, shrewd perhaps, certainly considered, and sometimes that helps to think about the opposite of wisdom if you think about what wisdom is. It's not being naive. It's not being foolish. It's not hurrying in and acting without thinking. It's not being an unnecessary risk taker. A wise person is the kind of person that you would go to for advice and you'd trust what they have to say. You'd take it on board. They tend to uh, talk uh, slowly 
with uh, comprehensive and verbose diction and all that sort of stuff. You know what I mean. Uh, they may have lots of letters before their name and after their name, but enough definitions, you get the picture. We have our understanding of what it means to be wise. We know what it means, at least we think we do, until we come to James chapter 3. And in these few short verses, what James says makes you stop and think. Have I got it right? Do I really understand what it means to be wise? James seems to have a different idea of what wisdom will look how wisdom will show itself. And as you would expect, so far on the way through James, what you would expect him to say is, don't just um, read it, do it. You know, he's the do it man. And sure enough, in um, verse 13, he says, who is wise and understanding among you? And he goes, show it in your actions. Show it in what you do. You claim to be wise, show me. Let me see it. No surprises there. If you're wise, says James, show me. If you're truly wise, let me see it in your life. Let me see it in your actions, your deeds, the things you do. And in particular, he says, we'll see it in actions which are motivated by meekness or humility. So verse 13, who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in humility, which you could translate meekness, that comes from wisdom. So the NIV translates humility, but meekness, I think, makes us think differently to the word humility. I think as we think about meekness, it's more this sort of smallness, this gentleness, which I think we can overlook when we think of humility. So I reckon translate it meekness. Think about it that way. Wisdom and understanding, they're seen in actions which are motivated by meekness. Smallness, humility. James um, is not equating wisdom with smarts, is he? It's not going, if you're wise, you'll be smart. If you're wise, you'll be knowledgeable. He goes, if you're wise, you'll see it in humility and in meekness. If you look up a dictionary definition of meekness, it's having a quiet and gentle nature, not wanting to fight or argue with other people, that sort of tone. Gentle, not arguing, not pushing the point not provoking. It just sounds so passive. And James says, if you're wise, that's what your actions will look like. For James to be wise and understanding, it's, it's not about winning arguments. It's not about giving the best advice. It's about humility and gentleness. And in his provocative way, James gets us to reflect on what wisdom really is. But is he saying something different to the rest of the Bible? As he describes wisdom in this way, is it different to what you find in the rest of the Bible? There's a lot of mention of wisdom in the Bible. The Old Testament has books which we call wisdom literature. Um, When you look in the Old Testament, if you read, for example, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, maybe Job, there's a practicalness about wisdom. There's a hands-on kind of nature to wisdom, which is kind of consistent with what James is saying. If you, if you claim to be wise, let's see it. Let's see you do it. So, so far, so good. James argues for showing wisdom in actions. In the Old Testament, there's also this idea that wisdom begins or wisdom starts with fear of the Lord, acknowledging God, acknowledging he's the one who's sovereign, he's the one in control. In other words, humbly, meekly acknowledging our place in God's world. He's our creator. We're his creatures. 
On the flip side, in um, Philippians, uh, in Psalm 14 and Psalm 53, you read there that the fool says in their heart, there's no God. So folly is put up against wisdom. If you're foolish, you'll deny God exists. If you're wise, you'll fear God. So wisdom begins by fearing God. What James is saying here, it's consistent with what you find in the Old Testament. Humbly, meekly acknowledge God and live it out in the way you act. But he doesn't, James doesn't leave things in that kind of upper level. He gets down to the, the, the practical hands-on. He pushes to the details of everyday life and the way that we interact with others. And the meekness that comes from godly wisdom, it's going to show in the way you treat each other, the way you speak to each other, the way you care for each other. In the next couple of verses, what James shows us is what godly wisdom is not like in verses 14 to 16, and then he comes back to show us what it is like again in verses 17 and 18. So the next point in the sermon outline, next point in the passage, wisdom and understanding, they're not seen in jealousy and selfish ambition. So verse 14 to 16, you'll find that. Jealousy and selfish ambition, they're mentioned twice. So verse 14, but if you harbour bitter envy or bitter jealousy, and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom doesn't come down from heaven. Or maybe you could translate such kind of wisdom doesn't come from above. Um, But it's earthly, it's unspiritual, it's demonic. It's a fairly strong statement. Verse 16, for where you have envy or bitter jealousy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. You can see these verses, they're a complete contrast of 13, the meekness and the humility in verse 13. This is the opposite. James is saying, um, he's describing this sort of hard-nosed, self-interested pushiness. And James says that leads to all sorts of evil in verse 16. Um, Verse 15 says he's describing um, something which is unspiritual and demonic. I think what James is saying is consistent with what you find in the rest of the Bible. He describes, he just describes it in such a, a stark and blunt way. I mean, if you think about Old Testament wisdom literature again, think about Ecclesiastes, a quote from Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 4. And I saw that all toil and all achievement spring from one person's envy of another. Just read that again. And I saw that all toil and all achievement spring from one person's envy of another. This too is meaningless, a chasing after the wind. It's a fairly big statement, isn't it? All achievement is based on envy of another. And it's a generalisation, yes, but there's so much truth to what it's saying. I mean, how much do we compete with other people? How much do we you know, try to keep up with the Joneses? And if we can't keep up with the Joneses, we'll go into debt trying. It's this competitiveness that drives us, and there's a destructiveness about our constant competitiveness, our envy and selfish ambition. That's the kind of tone. So here's James you know, knuckling down and making this hit home for us, saying um, godly wisdom doesn't look like that. I'm not sure how much envy was involved in it, but certainly selfish ambition lay behind Adam and Eve's actions, didn't it, in the Garden of Eden? Their desire or their selfish desire to be the ones who determine what's right and wrong, to have control over everything, that sort of selfishness. Um, James says, verse 16, 
For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. He's saying that's not wisdom. Verse 15, such wisdom doesn't come down from heaven, but it's earthly, unspiritual, demonic. This kind of um, jealousy and selfish ambition, it will show itself. It's, it's the ugly side of sin, the selfish heart that's more concerned about me, 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 what's my needs, what do, like Adam and Eve in the garden, choosing to ignore God's rules, having no humility before God and doing things their own way. So wisdom and understanding, it's seen in our actions. Um, wisdom and understanding, they're not seen in jealousy and selfish ambition. It makes me wonder whether James is writing into a particular dispute or a particular issue and addressing a particular uh, concern. If you look ahead at 4 verse 1, he goes, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? Is there something going on that he's writing to address? Or is that just the next logical flow of thought? It may well be that there is a particular context of quarrelling that James is addressing, and he's saying, well, if you are wise, if you're godly, with godly wisdom, well, this is what it will look like in that context. But for verse 1, it may not be the controlling context. What James says about wisdom, it could just be his general starting point. I mean, back in um, chapter 1, verse 5, he's already mentioned wisdom in a more general way. 1 verse 5, he goes, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously without finding fault. James does this thing in chapter 1 of mentioning everything he's going to talk about and then comes back to it. So it could be that when he comes to this topic of wisdom, he goes, primarily you'll see it in the way you treat each other, that sort of thing. James 1 verse 5 certainly says wisdom is a desirable quantity, uh, quality and one which James says in chapter 3 will be seen in meekness. humbleness, not in jealousy and selfish ambition. Um, You'll see wisdom in other ways too, I I would argue. But here in James, he's spotlighting the fact that if you are wise, it'll show itself in meekness. It's his starting point, if you like. So where are we up to? Point one, wisdom and understanding. You'll see it in your actions. Point two, wisdom and understanding. They're seen in actions that are motivated by meekness. Um, point three, wisdom and understanding, they're not seen in jealousy and selfish ambition. And then the last couple of voice, uh, verses, he comes back to the positive side again and says, well, if you're wise, this is what it will look like. Um, godly wisdom, it's pure, it's peaceable, it's gentle, it's open to reason, it's full of mercy. Um, so if you look at uh, verses 17 and 18, I actually think um, the ESV is a better translation, so I'll read it for you with a bit of explanation. So verse 17 But the wisdom that comes from heaven is, first of all, pure, then peace-loving, or if you've got the ESV, peaceable, considerate, or if you're in the ESV, gentle, submissive, again, the ESV, open to reason, um, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial, sincere, and then verse 18, peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest in righteousness. As you look back over those couple of verses, James is spelling out the wisdom you see in verse 13, the wisdom that shows itself in meekness, this is what it will look like. He's talking about a wise person being pure. If you're pure, well, no one can poke a stick at you. Uh, James is saying the wise person, they're peaceable or they're peace-loving, the last person to start a fight, considerate or gentle. Even if you disagree with this, this person, They'll disagree with kindness. 
um, open to reason or submissive, you can disagree with them without getting your head bitten off. Um, full of mercy and good fruit. They're just nice, really nice. So verse 18, the person who's wise with godly wisdom, they seem to be able to bring the best out of every situation, even those kind of contentious moments that we all know so much about. Looking over verses 17 to 18, it sounds a lot like what in the New Testament elsewhere you describe as the fruit of the Spirit, doesn't it? So if you were to look at Galatians 5, verse 22, so you're looking at verses 17 and 18 of James 3. If I read Galatians 5, 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, and on it goes. It's, it's not a word-for-word -word comparison at all, but both passages describe a life that's being transformed by the Spirit of God and the gospel of Jesus, shaping our behaviour. And yet again, James wants us to, I think he wants us to live out our understanding of the truth in our actions. That will show you wise with godly wisdom. Um, the gospel truth is that Jesus humbly or meekly became one of us. Jesus um, meekly considered others better than himself. Jesus came to serve to take our punishment for us. And as Christians, we live to follow King Jesus. Um, to the world, the gospel is just this foolishness, this idea of following a crucified king. But for us who are Christians, the gospel, it's the power of God for salvation. We find forgiveness and new life in Jesus, and we want to live for him. We'll look like our life ought to look like his life. Um, we would say, I reckon, that the gospel of Jesus is what makes us truly wise. Understanding the gospel of Jesus is what makes us truly wise. When we accept the gospel, we acknowledge our humble place before God. There's an acknowledgement that we are sinners and that without God, we continue to make a mess of this place. Becoming a follower of Jesus means responding to the truth about Jesus with humble repentance and trust in him. This repentance that's necessarily motivated by meekness, by humbleness. Um, which is what James says will characterise wisdom. If you're wise, you'll show it in actions that are meek. So what do we do with James 3, verses 13 to 18, one of the shortest passages we've looked at for a long time? What James says about wisdom, it's consistent with the rest of the Bible. It's just the James spin on things. Like any part of the Bible, we want it to shape us, to correct us, to change us, to make us wise for salvation. Um, this understanding of wisdom that you find here in James, yeah, it should change the way that we think about what it means to be wise. Our Christian idea of wisdom, it's different to the world's definition of wisdom. We shouldn't see wisdom as being a know-it-all, that sort of um, definition. When we think of um, Yoda, the little Jedi, uh, when we think about him from a Christian perspective, we ought to see a lost old man who needs to hear the gospel of Jesus. And if you've got you know, a bit of common sense, you go, no, actually, you'd see him just as a made-up fictional creation of someone's imagination. That's true. But you can see what I'm saying. Like wisdom changes the way we view people. Wisdom changes the way we see the world. Wisdom changes the way we treat people. God's wisdom or gospel wisdom 
shapes our desires, shapes our goals. And I think the sad thing about um, worldly wise people is so often they're the hardest um, to convince of the truth of the gospel. You know, the, the human success stories, the people you look to as being wise, so often they're the last people who are interested in hearing the gospel of Jesus. And Jesus even says a similar thing. He says how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. When you think you've got it all sorted out, there's no humility. So I reckon let's stay humble. Let's keep allowing the gospel to shape the way we think and the way we act. Um, something to think about as you talk after church, one of those sort of start a conversation questions or thoughts, how as Christians can we in wisdom? How can we grow in wisdom as Christians? Maybe that's something to keep talking about for now. I'm going to um, pray for us and pray that we would be wise with godly wisdom. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would grow our appreciation of the gospel of Jesus. We pray that you would grow our understanding of what it means to be saved by grace, not by works. Lord, we pray that you would continue to humble us, to make us wise for salvation. Lord, please transform and renew us so that we would be living for Jesus, so that people see in us the fruit of the Spirit, so that we would be gentle, patient, peaceable, pure. Lord, we ask also that through us you would make others wise for salvation too. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.